Welcome to Mental Wealth, the podcast to invest in your mind. Here I will help you make sense of your mind and behaviours, giving you the tools to have your best life. There is so much to share, so let's get into this episode and explore another great topic. Welcome to episode 14. In this episode, we're going to have a really big think about purpose and direction, but very much deeper than just having your goals set. We need to really think about what's getting in the way. And I am delighted to say that I have a very special guest who's going to share this space with me today. And I'd like to welcome Ali Knight. Hello, it's so good to be here. Thank you for having me. Oh, you're welcome. Welcome. I love having conversations about this stuff because it makes it so much more interesting. So, <laughs> so tell everyone a little bit more about, about you, Ali. Well, I'm an intuitive soul coach and an empowerment alchemist, which is just really a slightly overcomplicated way of saying that my passion and purpose in this life is to help people strip back some of the conditioning that is keeping them stuck. So to really dig deep into who people are and help them to live from that place rather than the limited um, ideas about what they think they are and what they think is possible and what they think they're um, stuck with, if you like. Brilliant. So it's right up my street. And that's why I know this is going to be a great conversation. So let's have a little think then to get us the scene set for getting people to think about what is in the way, what gets in people's way. How, what do you come across? What kind of things do you hear people say or what are they doing? What I see is a lot of people who are telling themselves things like, I can't, um, I'm not capable, I don't deserve that, that's not possible for me, um, I can't, it's often the phrase that comes up time and time again is, I can't because, and the way I work with people is to start to very gently but very definitely challenge some of that thinking because we are all conditioned human beings, right? So we have grown up, be it in societies, cultures, families with caregivers, teachers, peers who have a certain view of the world and unwittingly we just on board lots of those views without the wherewithal at the time to question it. And so we become those views and actually my mission is to help people see that they can be do and have whatever it is that feels truly aligned for them and that we don't have to conform we don't have to put ourselves in boxes we don't have to limit ourselves or keep ourselves small and stuck for the convenience of others mm-hmm. and so what i see a lot of is people making assumptions about what they can and can't be, have, and do. And that's just unconscious assumption. They've grown up thinking that and they've never had the opportunity perhaps to question it, even though they might be looking externally and seeing other people living in ways that they really resonate with or that they really they really desire, but they assume that's not for them. Yeah. So important, isn't it, to just keep a little eye on where it's come from. Is it somebody else's voice even? Is it somebody else's ideas about you? 
And I think the other thing that is so important around this piece is when we are identifying what we're saying is, and I'm sure you do as well, I see a lot of people where it's almost their auto, I can't do that. They haven't even actually thought about what's being proposed. It's just instant, isn't it? It's just like, oh, I know that's not for me. I can't do that. Oh, no. Oh, I wouldn't be able to do that. And they haven't actually even thought about the how, because there's lots of things in life that we don't know all the hows yet. So maybe, yeah, maybe the answer is, oh, I don't know how. But if you are rooted to the, oh, no, I couldn't do that. But being curious about, well, oh, that would be a stretch. That would be new. That would be something. Maybe there's some questions in that first, because that auto, it's just damaging. One of my favourite questions um, Uh, is the what if question well what if what if it all goes well what if it does work out what if you can have that what if you did make a different choice and it all went beautifully um because we we're unfortunately as a as a human race we're primed to assess risk we're primed to manage threats and so on our natural um mind-based response is to go well it's safer not to it's safer not to change it's safer to stay the same it's safer to keep um safer to not put myself out there it's safer to keep things as they are and in fact we need to flip that question on its head so what if it all works out i know what if i meant to make this change what if i can be do and have all of those things. It's so the interesting. Hack, in my experience, always comes way after we uh, begin to focus on what it is that we truly desire. That's where we start. The how we're not meant to know yet. The how will unfold before us. Yeah, and that the how is a, a possibly a series of many little things that make up the the something, whatever that something might be. And it is so important for us to just pause and remember that, A, we're all doing this because, as you say, we are risk averse as humans. We will go for the, can't, that's not okay, it's not safe. But I think the other thing that just springs to my mind as we're talking is there are things that sometimes you decide that you're not going to go for. Yeah. And be comfortable with that because I think if it's something that you might, somebody might have made a suggestion and you haven't jumped to the, I can't, but you have worked out that actually that's not for me. But stay with that because I see people then who have made a decision that they're not going to do something because it's the right decision maybe or not the right time. And then they feel really bad and are very negative towards themselves about that. So I think if we're going to push ourselves, which is what you and I are absolutely all for, great. But sometimes let's not push ourselves into things that aren't right for us and make that decision and stick with it. It's a powerful decision to make. Like the no's are really powerful. They're just as powerful as the yeses. And what I encourage my clients to do is to like tune into their body. Our body will tell us what's aligned and what isn't. And that's it's a different response to like a mind-based fear there is an energetic expansion if something feels good and there's an energetic contraction if something feels off or misaligned. And yet we're taught that our minds are champion. And of course, our minds are super powerful, but our minds are just computer programs that have been trained, a bit like AI. Um, and 
whilst we can use our minds as our chief co-pilot, really important co-pilot, if we just allow our life to be ruled by our mind, we're only ever going to stay limited because we're a soul in a body. We have energy, we have instinct, we have intuition, we have so many different ways of understanding the world available to us. And yet we default back to this computer program that's quite often got lots of bugs and gremlins and glitches in it because of our previous life experience, perhaps. Yeah, definitely. So I think learning sometimes to think about how do I learn how to listen to my body? If I'm thinking about doing something that might feel a bit of a stretch and it, it feels uncomfortable, that's because it is a stretch. It might be something that you're really excited about, it might be something that you're really nervous about, but it's going to, your body's going to let you know whether this yeah. thing is the right thing for you, whether that's yeah. in your tummy, wherever that might sit for some people. And I think just pausing and getting a bit more familiar with that message that comes through is a great place to get, isn't it? It is. And I think we can ask our heart, we can ask our gut, um, and we will get an answer. It's not always the answer we think we want. Um and some of the job of work that I help clients with is is learning to trust those really powerful instincts, um, because that's how we used to live. That's how we used to stay alive. That's how we used to discover new lands and new ways, new foods to eat, and new ways of keeping safe and finding shelter. Um, and it worked then. There's yeah. no reason it can't work now. Yeah, because that piece of kit's still in there, isn't it? It's just that Absolutely. we've evolved into sort of a bit more cognitive thinking, more being able to process things. But actually, that innate desire and, and it, you know, you talked earlier about having that sense of self, you know, like our bodies really and our minds really know what our blueprint is, what we're meant yes. to be doing. And as we've said, so much of the conditioning gets in the way. And I know that's my story, and I think it's yours too, isn't it? I, you know, I I wasn't confident at all. I had was influenced by other people, wasn't happy at all, and doubted myself a lot. And once I found or started to find a bit more of who I was, and that wasn't an easy process, but the difference now compared to the person that I was then, wow, it's completely different. Absolutely. Um, you know, we're not all meant to be lemmings blueprints of each other carbon copies robots we all came here to be who we are and we're all inherently different as much as we all have this huge commonality at the same time um we're all humans having a lived experience and that's beautiful if we allow it to be um but we are not meant to do things the same as everybody else. It's not, you know, what works for another intuitive coach, for example, is not going to necessarily be aligned for me and the way I do things. And we have to keep bringing it back to what works for me, what feels good for me, what's okay with me, what feels exciting and joyful for me, because that's going to be different. And that's what creates the most rich, abundant, joyful um, communities and cultures and societies and ways of living, um, both on a tiny scale and just like say a family unit, but also on a bigger scale in a business network or in a, um, a neighborhood community. We're all meant to bring our own flavor of who we are. That's what life's about. I love that. And I think just that 
very simple for me adding that to whatever it is that you're asking yourself, whatever you're trying to, if, if anyone's listening today and they've got some questions, they don't know what direction, what thing, what place, what whatever it is, just adding that for me. Wouldn't that just be amazing if we could just pause and just think, what's the right thing for me? What sh- What is the best approach for me? You know, yes, we can ask others. Yes, we can be influenced by others and a lot of people will. But just pausing and asking that, I wonder what people would come up with. Yeah, because I think, I mean, we, you know, I, I've had many coaches and mentors and still do. I think it's a really important part of my own ethical practice and my integrity as a coach. And yet I know that other people's views and opinions and guidance is just that. I still have to sense check it and know whether it's right for me in my circumstances because there's not one other person in on the universe in the universe that lives in your body in your exact circumstances with all of the plates that you have to spin and all of the um inherent gifts and talents that you've got so nobody can tell you what to do only you can decide that only you can uh, discern whether the advice and guidance, if you're seeking that, is right for you. And I love it when clients come back to me and say, do you know what, that thing that we talked about the other day that I was going to do, gone away and thought about it, and it doesn't feel right. And I'm like, yes, brilliant. So what else? Like, yeah, that's as an important a lesson as getting it right. We're never going to get it right first time. We're never no going to get it right. Fourth time, fifth time, I mean, it's a journey. It's a journey. <laughs> exactly. But I think the other thing that I'm always mindful of, and I know this is part of my own story, is that even when things don't feel right, you're still closer, aren't you? So if you've asked yourself that question, so again, whatever it is that you are thinking about that you would feel that you should, should, and, that, and we obviously need to be careful about the word should because often that's linked to others. But for you, if it's your should, then what is it that you need to do? But sometimes when you've worked out that no, it's a no and not for me, you're a bit nearer. You're nearer to something else all the time, aren't they? So again, we can really reframe things that haven't quite worked out or things that doesn't feel right as a still part of the process, can't we? Still part of the journey. We have to know what doesn't work in order to get closer to what does work for sure. And I think... Um, that word should, it's so interesting, isn't it? Because it's so, I actively dislike it and think it should be struck from the dictionary. Um, if people are going to change one thing, having listened to this episode, anytime you hear yourself saying should, just change it to could. Mm. I should yeah. do that. Well, you could do that. And it what it does is it invites much more conscious choice, which is a far more powerful position to be in. To, than thinking you have to do things a certain way or you have to do a certain something. So change every should to could Good. and, and if, see what happens. Nice. And one of my little stretches with the shoulds is asking yourself who says. Yes. So again, another little yeah, exactly. refray, little change there. If you hear yourself saying should, you could change it to could or you could ask yourself who says. Yes. Who says that you should have done that housework or whatever it is who says because it's probably only you putting yourself under that kind of pressure absolutely 
Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. Yeah. Um, and many of our ideas and our beliefs and our thoughts, they aren't inherently ours alone. They are onboarded from our lived experience so far. And in, in the, the way I work in the energetics space um, and the sort of healing and um, sort of alchemy universal space, a lot of what we are carrying in this lifetime doesn't even belong to us. So that question who says is a really good one to just create that gapping, that sort of pause in which we can just very gently challenge, where's that idea come from? Where has it come from? And do I believe it? Is that true for me? I think that's it, isn't it? It's adding that depth of thought is, so you're questioning yourself, you've paused to the should. Who says, can hear a voice, a parent's voice, somebody else that you say, not even, it doesn't even have to be somebody that you know. And then by asking yourself that question, it's, it's then you're bringing it back to yourself. Well, actually, even if that person has said, that I should have done that or they're giving me the impression I don't want to or I'm not going to. And then you bring it back to self, aren't you? Which means what's what have we got underneath all these things? We have joy. We have fulfillment. We have heartfelt, good yeah. quality feelings, don't we, when we are doing what's right for us? Yes. And we have. The thing that I ultimately believe um, we're all striving for is this kind of concept of, um, inner peace and when we attune to who we are and live our life through that lens not in a so the, the one the thing that people sometimes get wrong about this stuff is they believe that by thinking about it in terms of does that work for me that makes us inherently selfish hmm. and it's absolutely not selfish to be self-caring, to be self-loving, to be self-compassionate, to show yourself kindness. And that's the piece we're talking to. If we are living life through the shoulds, through the lens that others have set for us, then we are very rarely going to find the kind of joy and abundance and inner peace that we honestly deserve. That's what we've come here for. Definitely, definitely. And when you think about how much aggression and conflict it's out there, it's because everybody's trying to do what everyone else thinks they should do or not, and they're not doing self. And, I, you know, it's so important, isn't it? I fully believe that old cliche that, you know, you can't pour from an empty cup. So a lot of the work I do with clients initially because quite often clients will come to me in a moment of kind of, oh my God, this is absolutely awful. Um, I really need you to tell me what to do. I need your help. And I'm like, hey, I'm not going to tell you what to do because that's not my prerogative. We'll help you decide what you need to do. But also, um, what are you doing for you in the first instance? They might come to me because there's been, I don't know, a crisis of confidence or a crisis about career or relationships or who they even are anymore you know there may be some significant life shifts um and the first question I will often or the first task I will often help people to explore is well what are you doing for you right now what are you doing to take care of yourself what are you doing to fill your cup because if you are so depleted 
you actually can't serve, support, help, guide, love, care for others. And above the kind of, or sitting around the self piece is this, we are all inherently connected people. We're all here, not just for our own good, but for the greater good. And yet we have to be in a position to contribute to the greater good. And we're not going to be in that position if we are pouring from an empty cup constantly. So important, isn't it? And I think the other thing that springs to my mind there is if you are depleted. So, yeah, you're right. People often ask questions when something's possibly gone wrong. That's usually because otherwise you're sort of cruising along and you're not asking yourself any questions. So usually something is a challenge usually does trigger us to think, well, uh, there's other things. But also, if you're not, if you are depleted, if you have been really hard on yourself, and you've, you know, maybe had some illness that's reminding you that your body's telling you stuff, how can you make good decisions for yourself if you haven't got that bit started first? So sometimes when people want to change their direction in life or just go for something new and fresh, it might feel scary. But if you haven't done a lot of that good stuff to start with, and then you start asking yourself that really hard question of what should I do? Where should I do? Where should I live? What should I... You're never going to be able to answer those questions, honestly, if you haven't given yourself that time first. Certainly makes it much harder, I think. I think so, because you, you because your mind will be, and possibly your body will be screaming at you that you've not got enough sleep and enough care and enough like good stuff. I'm always talking about who's who's your cheerleaders around you. You know, you've got to have all of this in place before you're going to make if it is a biggish change. And sometimes it's just small things that you need to be doing more of. Absolutely. And I always say, you know, great change if that's what you even want. And we don't all have to make great change. Like there's this there's this. a horrible, fairly toxic myth around at the moment that in order to be, to live with purpose and direction and to succeed, you've got to do massive things. Well, that's just bullshit. Like, says who? Says who? Exactly. <laughs> you know, uh, some of our purpose and direction is not massive, life-changing, global domination stuff. Nope. It's contributing to our own well-being and the well-being of those around us. It's supporting, um, in my case, it's supporting people to live more truthfully and more honestly and to um, create the life that they really want to live, not the one that they want to escape from. Mm -hmm. Um, That's contribution, that's purpose, that's direction. And that can change all the time as well. Like we don't just have one purpose or one way of moving forward. We're meant to have loads of different ways, loads of different purposes. So I feel it's really important that we strip out some of the kind of the myth and the conditioning around what success is. Like success to me is going to look completely different to success for you and to success for all of the people who are listening to this episode. And that's cool. Like that's absolutely cool. That's what makes life rich. Um, So when we're looking at these kind of bigger questions, we have to, we have to become radically honest with ourselves. Like what does, for me this week, I've had a, a shocking week. There's loads of personal stuff going on in my life. And so for me that this week, success has felt like I've done one work thing a day. Like, in, like, so for example, today, 
this is my work thing in inverted commas, even though it didn't feel like work. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's success. Yesterday afternoon, success for me was lying in my bed, reading my book. That was success. And that's okay. That. I love that's that. Okay. We don't I love that. This hustle, this hustle culture, this struggle paradigm. I'm we're done with that. We don't need to live, we don't need to operate from that place no. anymore. I agree. And I think being able to bring it right down to that, to each day, what's your purpose, what's your intentions for each day, and then did you succeed? Yes, I led, uh, read my book. Yes, I've created a nice podcast that hopefully everyone's enjoying. That's success, as you've just said, but it, that's your purpose. You're just being content with what you're managing, not doing your shoulds, not giving beating yourself up, certainly not comparing yourself to others and trying to get lost in that noise that's out there. Yes, yeah. It's about, for me at the moment, as a huge piece of work I'm doing around helping people to tune out the external noise and to tune into what's true and beautiful for them. Yeah. I think it's so important. I think, and also just thinking of choosing. I mean, that's why I created this podcast to to help people choose to listen to something that's going to give them some nourishment of some kind and sharing the space with people like you is so important to me. So let's have a little think about a quick summary. See if we can summarize between us what we uh, would say are key points from our conversation today. What stuck out for you? So I would say, I mean, I love working in threes. So um, first thing to remember is you're not meant to be like anyone else. It's okay to be you. And it's actually really important that you're you. <laughs> and that's going to look Sounds crazy, doesn't it? But yes. <laughs> um, secondly, reframe the question. So move away from the question of how. And tune more into the question of what. So what would feel good? What do I desire? What would feel good for me today? Like what would feel good for me in 10 years time? But what would feel good for me today? And lastly, we've sort of skirted around this, but <laughs> it's a, I don't know how much I'm allowed to swear on this podcast, but um, <laughs> I have a phrase that is not mine, clearly it's someone else invented it. Um, But what anyone else thinks of us is none of our bleep business. It's none of our business what anyone else thinks because they're just projecting their own worldview. And that's cool. They're allowed it. But their worldview doesn't get to dictate what's true and beautiful for us. So um, be you. Tune into what you desire. Tune out the, the noise. And take your gaze away from what everyone else thinks about your choices. I think it's so important, isn't it? And I think coming back to one of your points for me as well is when you're thinking about what you want to do, it's listening to the inner world, that very much that feeling, is this right for me? What is it they need to know? But I think we just need to keep an eye on that auto of, I can't, that's not going to work for me, because you're just answering a question without actually pausing and thinking about what are the pieces that are going to make this thing, whatever this thing is we're talking about, happen for you. Absolutely. Absolutely. So important, isn't it? Well, thank you so much for coming and sharing all your wisdom and your knowledge with us today. It is such a pleasure. I love these conversations. The more the merrier. (laughs) Yeah, me too. And again, it's just creating that 
something positive to think about. Hopefully you can get you one small thing from this episode. So thank you so much for sharing this space with me. Thanks, Alison. And in next week's episode, we are going to talk a little bit more about some of the modern challenges that get in the way of our progress. And I have got a special guest, Sally Wallace. So I hope you can tune in. Thanks for your ears today. See you next time. Thank you for listening and sharing in this episode of Mental Wealth. Remember, you can subscribe wherever you get your podcast. My last question to you is what is the one small thing that you can take action on from this episode? Message me on Instagram or through our website with questions you'd like me to explore. You'll find the links in the show notes. I'll be back with more tools and tips to make sense of your mind in the next episode. In the meantime, be kind to yourself. Bye for now. Oh, 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 oh,